Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit FightRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Alice Min Su Chung. She is the inventor of Megapuff Inflatable Origami Solar Lights. While teaching as a professor in architecture and material technology at Columbia University, Alice created early prototypes of solar lights with her students. Still not satisfied and fueled by her passion for helping the underserved, Alice invented the world's only self-inflatable portable solar light, eliminating the need for a mouth nozzle. This ensured a healthy sanitary method to inflate. Alice named this invention the Solar Puff and conducted three years of field testing in Haiti. In 2015, she launched So Light Design and initiated a Kickstarter program with unprecedented results. She went on to win numerous awards, including the U.S. Patent Award for Humanity, and her products have been exhibited at MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. For more information, you can visit Alice's website, which is solight-design.com. And that's S-O-L-I-G-H-T-design.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Alice to the show. Good day, Alice. Hello. Thank you for having me, Robert. It is my pleasure. I'm really looking forward to talking about your your solar solar lights and and, and also very much what um, interested me is your humanitarian efforts, which are admirable. So, um, first, I'd like to you I'd like to start with just um, would you mind giving the listeners just a little bit um, of of your background and you know and you know your introduction to origami and just the whole um, architecture aspect of of your journey. So um, basically, I'm a mother and a former professor of architecture at Columbia University at Parsons the New School. And um, as part of my research, I decided to focus on solar technology after the birth of my son, who had asthma, and we'd be going to the doctor's office all the time, and there would be so many kids with asthma. And you know, there's a saying, a worried mom does better research than the FBI. <laughs> well, that's what I did. And so one out of four kids had asthma back then. Now it's 50%. And basically because of the pollution in the air, uh, 75% of the pollution comes from buildings, not the cars. And this is you know, prevalent all throughout urban urban centers, and I thought, you know, 
we have to get away from fossil fuels, and that's when I decided to just focus on solar technology. I'm also a material specialist teaching material technology, and the trend in material is that everything's getting thinner, lighter, faster, stronger, and smarter. And so I early on, I was sewing solar panels to thin substrates and fabric. Um, and then with that research, there's, there was, um, in 2010, the Haiti earthquake happened. And with climate change, you, you see this, you know, uh, a spike in what's happening with natural disasters reoccurring more frequently. And that's when I decided to lean in and ask my dean, can we, can I switch my studio around to be an innovation studio to help Haiti? And then with the research that we did in my studio, we realized that Haiti was really a microcosm of what was happening globally. And in third world countries, most of the infrastructure is, is non-existent for families that are underserved. And in Haiti, only I think 10% of the country was electrified, and most people were using kerosene to light their world at night which is a deadly toxic fuel. Two million children die, according to the UNDP, of, from the, um, the toxins and the smoke from kerosene lanterns. And then I realized even when they're living on $3 a day, they're spending 30% of their income on kerosene. And so I thought, wow, they, they could use that money, if they could save that money by using a solar light, they could use that money for food, clothing, education, and that's when I researched every solar light out there on the market, and they were all heavy, hard, bulky, hard plastic, non-recyclable, and and I grew up doing origami. I'm Korean. Um, my mother taught me origami when I was a child, and uh, for deployment in disaster zones, it's very important that things are light and they don't take up a lot of space. So I designed it to flat pack based on the origami balloon. And that's when, you know, that that was the development of solar pop, which is our first original solar light. Wow. That, that, you know, that is amazing. Um, I want to talk about the light in a minute, but I, I was intrigued, you know, with you um, sewing panels to fabric. I mean, you know, all I know of, of solar, you know, panels, and which probably a lot of us, you know, is when you see those uh, those on top of buildings or, you know, the little solar farms, those <laughs> hard, dark panels. And so <clears throat> how, first of all, how, how did, was that the kind of thing that was being sewn onto the fabric? And, and I, I just can't imagine the care that it would take with such a product. Yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, photovoltaic, which are the solar panels, are evolving and they're getting better and more efficient. Um, and so back then there were this, there's this thing called photovoltaic, uh, thin film photovoltaic, which is very, very thin. Um, and, you know, there's two different types. There's crystalline, there's sil silicone, and 
for affordable takes. Crystalline has a certain amount of efficiency, and, but it does tend to crack, so that's why there is a back frame, um, a hard, rigid panel that you see um, on the rooftops and things like that. Silicone is a little more forgiving in terms of um, not being able to crack. So, um, and then there's the thin film, which which has a lot less efficiency, but you get the thinness and you eliminate the need for a rigid frame and a hard backing. So that's what I was using. And um, eventually when we were working with manufacturers, they used, um, they didn't use thin film, but they did work very hard to integrate both the circuit and the portable take together in one um, in one panel. So on one side you have the solar panel um, which is facing out and then behind the solar panel you have the circuit and the LEDs and the battery uh, in order to light up the diffuser which is the expandable cube part. And there's really, the patent for that is like there's two, there's really two bladders. One is surrounding the solar panel and the circuit, so it protects the circuitry, and that's completely sealed. And then there's the expandable bladder part, which opens up into a cube and, and collapses and folds, and that's the light diffuser, basically. And that one has... Um, just a little hole in it that helps it expand and contract like a bellow using the origami folds so that when you, you know, fold it in or pop it open, um, the air kind of just kind of goes in and out like a bellow as it expands. And so you don't need to have a mouth nozzle where you put your mouth on anything to have it inflate. It just, um, you can do it by pulling it open. Wow. You know, and I would think, you know, the ability not to have to inflate with a nozzle would just be so much um, healthier, especially in areas, you know, where, you know, um, disease is, um, you know, a big concern. Absolutely, because you have E. coli, you have cholera, you have Zika, you know, now COVID, you know, it's, it's, it's a real concern, sanitation. After a disaster, you know, you can't count on sanitation. It's very unlikely that you'll you'll have sanitary conditions. So it's very important that you don't, you know, you lower the risk at all costs of, of spreading germs or, um, you know, contamination. So um, ours is the only one that, that does that. Yeah, that's that's really great. Now uh, you have different designs. So how how did how did you go about? Um, you know, if people go to the website, they can see you have, you have multiple types of um, of designs and shapes. Um, so how how did you go about? You know, determining um, you know which to use, and I mean, and and you know. Why? You know, why? I mean, there, there's one that almost looks like a, kind of like a lotus in a way. It's got three, you know, yeah. Um, points. Yeah, that um, actually, so, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, that, that one was, that's called the Quinn, and it kind of looks like a star. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lotus. They, 
Some people call it the Sydney Opera House as well. Oh, um, yeah, but that yeah. one took a while to uh, figure out in terms of the origami and folding because it does rotate all the way around to be um, like this almost a geodesic cubic dome. And so the, the solar panels on the Quinn, which is our largest solar light, also charges phones. And we have two solar panels that are quite large, enough to um, harness enough solar energy. So I, I researched about every solar phone charger out there, that solar battery charge. And the problem with them is that we all live in electrified houses, so we can easily charge them rapidly by just plugging them into the outlet. But if you're really stuck out in the middle of nowhere and you just have the sun, um, the solar panels on those are so small, it would take two weeks to charge that battery because the larger the surface area you have for collecting sun, sun power, sunlight, the faster you're able to charge that battery. But most, most other solar chargers, the solar panel is so small that they don't work when you're really stuck out in the middle of nowhere. You have to have a larger solar panel. So design, we designed that one, the Quinn, with larger surface area for the solar panels, but also designed it to fold so that it can be compact and easy for transit. Yeah, excuse me. I noticed, um, you know, the addition was the ability to charge, like charge phones. Um, and, and, you know, in today's world, I mean, even in um, countries where, you know, maybe some of the infrastructure isn't as strong, cell phones are still a, kind of a major form of connection for people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and also here, you know, it's the, the issue with, um, phones, it's, it's, there's two problems. One is it takes up an incredible amount of energy. Um, every year, you know, the charging of a cell phone is like two trips to, from, um, the United States to Heathrow Airport. Um, and then, which is, it's even, you know, it's more than, what we use for, for lighting. For our solar pop, like just using a small solar light for a few hours each night, you can save up to 90 pounds of carbon emissions each year. But um, in developing countries, many people have burner phones or smaller phones, or and they have three of them because one is always charging. And they sometimes they have to go out, you know, to get it charged by someone that might have a diesel generator or anyway so it's it's very very important to to have a you know that lifeline which is communication and a cell phone no matter where you are whether you're living in New York whether you're living in Nigeria it's um it's really going to you know it's a lifesaver to have that communication so um we just launched a new product called the Megapop, which is a lower price point than the Quinn, and it's a larger it's larger than the Solar Pop, but also has a big enough solar panel that you can charge that battery to to have enough power to charge your phone. And so 
it's um, doing really well, and we're we have our first uh, batch of inventory um, on its way to our warehouse, and um, we believe that and we've had great great response for for the new product, the Mega Puff, and we have a backpack too. Actually, um, Mega Puff fits into the backpack so that you can charge the solar cells while you have it on your back and wow. have power when you need it. But you can also take the Megapuff, you can take it out and use it for a light or, you know, you could use it separately. So it's, it's different than like a solar, solar backpack where, you know, the solar is sewn into the backpack. But here it's more like the product, you know, is designed for it, but you can also separate it. Removable. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're we're, we're about a little half past uh, the show already, so I want to take just a quick break, Alice, and then when we come back, I want to talk about your humanitarian efforts. I mean, you have been around the world and back, (laughs) so I want to talk a little bit about your experience with that, okay? Okay. Okay, great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide. Books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeart Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us. Again, today, my special guest is Alice Min-Soo Chun, and we are talking about her solar puff and now new mega puff, um, inflatable origami solar lights. Um, again, you can find out more by visiting Alice's website, which is solight-design.com, and that's S-O-L-I-G-H-T-design.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Alice. Hello. Hi. Great. <laughs> Great. Um, so, um, in the beginning, I mentioned one of the things that really grabbed my attention is your humanitarian work. And, and I read as in, in the introduction that you have a passion for helping the underserved. Um, yes. I did notice that, first of all, on your website, there is a special tab 
um, that says give a light. <laughs> um, yes. And from there, people can select. Now, I did notice with the recent um, disaster in Maui that you have that mm -hmm. available. So tell us a little bit about the give a light program. So we started this company because we wanted to help communities that were living without power. And um, But, you know, the Ameri American public, Europeans, they, they love our products for camping and outdoors and garden and travel. But we started the company because we wanted to help communities that are, you know, where there's like a life and death situation in terms of, you know, having a light could mean uh, not being kidnapped. Having a light could mean uh, being able to do surgery on, on a shore, the Syrian, you know, refugees kind of land in Greece where, where they were, you know, using our lights for surgery on, you know, on different shore locations. Um, so in any case, um, we have a 10% of our um, proceeds go to Giving Light, but also we have a Give a Light page where our customers come and they can buy a light to give to one of our humanitarian missions. And sometimes I go personally to deliver the lights if there's no way for us to get it to a proper nonprofit that's, that's working in a region such as in Ukraine, I went personally to deliver. But recently, um, the terrible fires that happened in, in Maui are just absolutely devastating. And one of our customers, actually, from 2015, our very first Kickstarter, she's from Hawaii, and she reached out and said that she could actually, um, you know, get us connected with the communities, and this was not on the news. A lot of the news was saying people were leaving Hawaii, you know, you know, evacuating, but there are families that are still there on the ground that have, that want to stay in, in that area, um, and they're setting up tent camps, and she said that it would be great to get them light. So, of course, we're sending lights there now. And if, if somebody wants to buy a light to give, that would be awesome as well. But whenever disaster strikes, we, we always work hard to do the right thing to help people in need. So, um, in any case, before, before Maui, though, I, I came back from Turkey after the earthquake in Turkey, and I delivered lights to 10 camps there. And then before that, I traveled into the war zone of Ukraine on my own and delivered a 1,000 lights to three different children's hospitals and two refugee camps. So it was um, pretty amazing how light, especially the lights that I took to Ukraine, they were for children with PTSD. And we have a particular light. It's a solar puff light that also has six different colors. And those were used for PTSD therapy in children after Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. And what 
the healthcare workers were saying is that the, the different colors actually calmed the children down so that they were able to sleep at night. And they used the colors okay. to play games, but also the, um, the effects of um, the neurosynapse in, in the brain and, and the way that the different colors had an effect on emotion was something that they really um, delved into and appreciated about our colored bite, just in terms of its calming effect on children. So when I heard that the children in Ukraine were all had PTSD from the bombings and from the blackouts especially, that's when I decided I would go and deliver the lights myself. Wow, that, that is, I mean, I had no idea the, um, I guess the health benefits. I mean, you know, and I, I saw the colored lights when I, when I went on your webpage and looked at them and I, you know, my first thought was, you know, gardens and parties, you know, those kinds of, you know, um, would now to yeah. me seem frivolous, <laughs> you know, compared to the, the real serious kind of, um, you know, positive health benefits that, that could be gained yeah. from. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. The, the, the technology and LEDs have progressed so significantly, and there's more and more research and data on the effects of color therapy on the brain and emotions and, um, and, and the, the ability for color therapy to enhance the mood, and this is something that's been around for thousands of years. Different religions, different cultures have all—they've all used color as a type of powering, empowering therapy. But um, now, what we have is data and science, and you know, to back all of this up now um, on many different levels in terms of uh, a healing technology with with LED lights. So, yeah. well, yes, it's, it's um, you know, and I hear back from the doctors in Ukraine that all the children, they they turn off all the hospital lights and they only want to use our lights at night because <laughs> it's, it's softer and calmer and, and they just, they just, you know, don't want to use the hospital lights. So, um, and, you know, I, I went into rooms where I met children that, that witnessed 12 of their family members shot and killed right in front of them. I, I met a few teenage boys where their leg had to be amputated because their house was bombed or their arm had shrapnel in it. I, You know, these kids have been through so much horrific trauma. And the amazing thing for me was that these kids, you know, you wouldn't blame them. They were filled with hate or resentment because of the trauma that they've been through. But what I found was the opposite. These kids were filled with forgiveness, gratitude, love. And, you know, we'd go into these rooms and give them the light. They'd be so happy and they would chase their friends and bring their friends, give my friend the light. Um, and the joy and the... Because for, for them, our, our lights are like magic, you know, this flat thing and then it pops open to a bright hue with different colors and it just brings them so much joy and also, um, 
the just the gratitude and the resilience of these children was just so inspiring, and and that's pretty much the reason why why I do what I do. Yeah, wow, that has to be uh, really satisfying and, and recognizing. And you know, you're right, having gone through such horrific kinds of experiences, um, and and to still for a child to still be able to be uh, resilient, um, hopeful, optimistic, um, that it really says um, a lot to you know the to the youth, to the, you know to the ability for youth to be able to um, kind of move forward. And and I would think that you know by having you know that bit of light, literally, um, you know, in such a, a circumstance would be, um, would bolster the idea, you know, of, of kind of a hopeful future. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, in my work um, in Dominica, I, I actually, you know, early on in 2015, I was invited to a green tech expo in Haiti, and I had a glued-up, taped-up prototype of the solar puff, and um, it's 110 degrees in Haiti, and in walks Bill Clinton and the president of Haiti, Martelli, and I showed President Clinton my my taped-up, glued-up solar puff, and he just loved it. He thought it was great and he's like come, you guys come over here come look at this <laughs> I walk your lot and and basically you know this is in 2015 fast forward seven years Hurricane Maria hits Puerto Rico three million people without power and we're able to work with our nonprofit partners and get over a hundred thousand lights to Puerto Rico and oh I met God. President Clinton again in Puerto Rico. They were having we we got a very small little award from the Clinton Foundation because of this. And I met Bill Clinton again. He's like, I remember you from Haiti. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think anything would tell them what this is. And basically, that's when I met Hillary. And I told Hillary about how I just came back from Dominica and delivered to seven different schools where, you know, none of the children had roofs on their schools and they were all in these different tents and many of them only had, you know, one mother, five siblings and one room house, one meal a day when you go to school. And... I didn't want to just give them the light. I had to tell them the story, but also my story. And when I give them the light, I say, look, this gets its power from the sun. And the sun is the most powerful source of energy that comes to the earth every day. But the power and the light of your heart and your mind is even more powerful than the sun. And if you keep fighting with that light, there's nothing you can't do. And that light is always, always inside you. And uh, I tell them that when I was a little girl, I was beat up and teased because I didn't look like the other kids in in my school. I was the only Asian. but And I turned into a fighter when I was little. 
But I didn't fight with my fists. I fought with the light in my heart and my mind. And there were so many people that told me not that I wasn't able to do this lamp, that I would never be able to bring this to market. But I'm standing here today giving you this light to tell you that you're light warriors now. And light warriors use that light in their heart and their minds to fight for their dreams and ambitions. And when you use this light for your homework at night, remember that this is always with you just like the sun. Because no matter where you go in the world, the sun will always be there with you. And so is that light inside you. And so I told Hillary this, and then she was like, oh, Chelsea and I are doing a book, and I'm wondering, would you like to be in our book? And a year later, I was in Gutsy, um, Book of Gutsy Women by Hillary and Chelsea, and then they did a docuseries with Apple TV, and then that came out last year, the docuseries called Gutsy, and I'm in episode six. And it was during the pandemic, about 30 people, the, the television, the TV crew, the lighting crew, and the Secret Service, 30 people descended on my apartment in Manhattan to film <laughs> that episode. And Hillary and Chelsea were here in my tiny apartment for about three to four hours while they filmed that episode. It was, it was amazing. It basically, um, I, I'm just honored and grateful for opportunities like this to share my story. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I did. You know, when I when I saw the picture of you and Hillary on your website, I thought, yep, <laughs> that's somebody I want to talk to as well. So, um, and, and you do a wonderful Bill <laughs> Bill Clinton imitation there. So. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, just by highlighting the light, you know, and telling your story as well to the children, you know, I am sure, you know, that will be something that, you know, will make an impression on them for life. You know, mm-hmm. that, that will, you know, they'll mm-hmm. refer back to that. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's, you know, you're really planted so many seeds, you know, that will mm-hmm. ripple in a positive way. I thank you. I absolutely believe that to be true. And um, I actually have some children that text me and say that they're still using the light. And anyway, um, but I just, you know, I envision what would be great is if every child could have a solar puff. That would be amazing. Not just for having light, but to carry that empowerment, that story, the narrative inside with them for their lifetime. Absolutely. Now, I I noticed on your um, website that you're on social media, so if people want to get in contact with you, they can contact you through that or even follow you as well, correct? We have... Solight underscore design on Instagram. We have Solight design on on TikTok. Um, We have Facebook. And if they want to reach out, they can always reach out by just emailing info at solight-design.com. 
they have any questions. Um, and if they'd like to donate a like for one of our humanitarian causes, they can just go to Give a Light on our Solite Dash Design uh, website. And um, but you know it's important to know that everyone has the power to create change in the world, and it doesn't have to be big. It can just start with something very very small, like just using one solar light for a couple hours each night will save on carbon emissions for lighting. Just um, you know, doing things yeah, like it adds you know, up. It yeah, absolutely. Collectively, yes, absolutely. So small things matter, and that's where, what our company is about. Well, that's wonderful. Well, I look forward to following you and your journey uh, on social media, and I really want to thank you for your time today. Thank you, Robert. It's been a pleasure to speak with you, and um, thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Alice Min Su Chun, and we've been talking about Solar Puff and the new Mega Puff, the inflatable origami solar lights. And again, as she mentioned, you can visit the website solight-design.com. That's S-O-L-I-G-H-T-Design.com. And again, in particular, if you want to give a light, especially for the those folks in Maui who are having a real challenge at this time, go go to the website, click on Give a Light, and you'll be able to see Maui right there. So, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.